sometimes it's often selfish when you want to run. That's very you focused. And as soon as you can remember like generosity and gratitude, you often forget the you and the problem and you get really focused on how you can help others. And all of the challenges start to melt away and don't seem as heavy or as big. Hey Goal Achievers, welcome to Elite Achievement, your go-to podcast for service-based business owners who want to achieve their goals and grow their businesses. Hear inspiring stories from other business owners, learn goal achievement strategies, and overcome the challenges you face when growing your business. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach, here to help you achieve your goals. Together, let's close the gap between the goals you set and the goals you achieve. Hey, Goal Achievers. How have you grown personally and professionally the past two years? I asked today's guest to answer that same question as part of the Where Are They Now interviews I am hosting in celebration of Elite Achievement's upcoming three-year anniversary. I decided to bring back two guests from my first year in podcasting that had popular episodes because I thought it would be interesting to share where they are now and what they are focused on two years after their initial episodes aired. I hope you find these discussions both motivating and inspiring as you learn what these women have achieved and how they are growing as business owners. The first guest I invited back is Shannon Wiley. Shannon joins us today to reveal the secret she shared back in episode 18, Ambition and Relationships, which aired in March of 2021. In today's episode, we talk about the need to evolve your support systems, the importance of celebrating along the way, and the challenges she faces as a business owner. Shannon reminds us that what got you here will keep you here and shares how her vision is evolving which is a reminder that our visions are drafts, drafts that are worth revisiting and revising as we grow. And if you are looking for support as you revisit your vision or perhaps write your first vision, check out the show notes to download my favorite vision prompts. Get ready to join a conversation with my Blonde Ambition partner and managing director, Shannon Wiley. Welcome, Shannon. Thanks for having me today, Kristen. This is so exciting to be back. I'm a little nervous, but it's just a conversation between two friends, but I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Shannon, I'm so grateful you said yes to coming back on to the podcast. And I know as we start talking, uh, I hope that the nerves settle down a little bit, but totally nervous uh, or totally normal to be nervous. I, uh, I was looking at our records and our first interview was actually episode 18. And it was titled Ambition in Relationships with Shannon Wiley. It came out back in March of 2021. And and I think it's easy for me to jump on the microphone because now we're up to episode 78. So I've had 60 of these conversations since you and I last sat down and chatted. And I'm guessing you probably haven't had that many. I have not. So your podcast has grown up. Hopefully I have grown up a little bit too in the past two years. Well, I trust that we all have grown up. And so let's let's start there. How have you grown personally and professionally since our episode aired back in March 2021? I'd say 
in March of 2021. That was an interesting time. I was getting ready to launch my first district. So I had no option in this career, but to grow personally and professionally. And a lot of people would say this, this was really a professional decision to become a managing director, open your own district from scratch. But honestly, who you have to become as a person is probably even more than what you have to do uh, growth wise professionally. So I'd say professionally, I've grown to just listen a lot more, take a lot more deep breaths, not react as quickly. And I think part of that is personal growth too. You know, since the last episode, I had just turned 40. You, every decade, I think I grow a lot. And now that I'm in my forties, I feel like I'm really figuring out who I am. It's maybe taking me a little bit longer, but I'd say growing personally, um, it's what do I really want and how do I want my district to look and and what do I need to do to be the leader in my personal life to also grow and be a support for my district. I agree every, I think, year that I get older um, and now I'm in my 40s as well. It is it is kind of a magical place to be when you're a woman. I think you become more confident. You're more clear on what you want. It's, it's a great time. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, Shannon, for those uh, listeners who are wondering, what is a district and what is a managing director? Can you tell us a little bit more about what a district is and what a managing director does? Yeah, those titles get thrown around all over the place in the financial services industry specifically. Managing director is used a lot. And so essentially in the Northwestern Mutual, there's about 350 managing directors that are really charged with growing an enterprise. And so I decided in my hometown of Gwinnett County, which is a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, that I wanted to go build a brick and mortar, be the leader out there that's building a college program, attracting career changers, but not just attracting, but helping them build their financial planning practices and retire at Northwestern Mutual, which there's you know a lot of time that happens between the day you come into the firm and to the day that you retire, but really my goal is how do I help people achieve what they want to do through Northwestern Mutual? And so as a managing director, that's what I'm doing on a daily basis. The way I really describe my role is I'm in the office and in the community all the time. So you'll find me one place or the other, really either trying to meet people that should be looking at our career. But most of my time is actually spent working with the advisors in our firm. And I consider those my clients. I'm not really in the business of acquiring new clients anymore. I may be in client meetings, but that's really to help my advisors in their practices. That's fantastic. Sounds like a very impactful role for the organization. I hope so. I'm trying to make some impact one way or the other. Well, when did you know you wanted to become a managing director? Well, I knew I wanted to be in leadership and I knew I wanted to make an impact And it probably goes back all the way to 2014 when I started really exploring how could I become a vice president of the company that I work for. And I just felt like as a woman, I really believed in the company I was working for and they believed in me. And so I thought the impact I was going to make is how can I be this big vice president? There's so many different routes you could take, but I knew I wanted to make impact. I know I wanted to work with people. Um, I feel like I really don't ever go to work because I feel like I'm just serving others. And so I didn't really know what the title was. Again, I thought it was a vice president role that I ultimately wanted to become at some point, you know, maybe in my 50s. But what did I need to do to get there? And 
I got invited on a beach trip that was for only advisors. And I remember thinking, hey, maybe I want to start my own practice. And then really what I learned is I loved the leadership side. And for me as a managing director, it just made a lot of sense uh, because of how much I love the firm, how much I love the cause, the impact that we're making in the community. And specifically, I love the fact that um, I get to be a woman, that other people get to look at and say, you know, maybe there's someone behind me that says, well, if she could do it, maybe I could too, because there's a lot of women in Northwestern Mutual that I've got to follow um, that have paved that path for me. And I said, you know what, maybe if anyone's going to do it, why not me? That's such a powerful question. And how often do we explore that question you just offered? Why not me? And I think that if all of us take a look at our goals and our ambitions and we apply that same thought, we might come up with a very similar answer that why not me? You know, there's there's all these reasons why I should be in a leadership role, why I should take that leap and that that risk. You know, tell us as you were thinking about becoming a managing director, have you faced challenges as you've launched your district? Oh, for sure. How long do we have to talk about them? Yes. Um, but honestly, I, I think, you know, you could look at my Instagram and it looks like it's the highlight reel, but let's be real ladies and gentlemen, um, being a business owner that's really trying to steward others and community. It's not always easy. I hope one day it becomes easier than it is. And I think every day it really does get easier, but then we, our aspirations change and they get a little bit bigger. But yeah, I mean, there's plenty of days where I wonder, man, am I on purpose and am I doing this well? And do they deserve a better managing director? And I think, you know what? I do love what I do because there's challenges and there's days where I'd like want to run. And I think this is like really hard and it would just be easier if I wasn't the go-to or the in charge. And then I remember like, I'm so on purpose because I get fired up thinking about one of my advisors paying off his parents' mortgage that immigrated to the United States. I get fired up about um, a man they came to Northwestern Mutual and they're really struggling having kids and helping him think, okay, well, what do we need to do in order to create an adoption plan? Like that gets me fired up. So there's days where I want to run, but then there's days where I think, man, that has nothing to do with the actual granular work of what we do. But that is the essence of what my job is, is to help them stay engaged because what's really important is those personal goals. And that's what gets us out of the bed every morning, gets us to run to the office, make that extra phone call, ask for that extra referral. And it makes me think when I walk away and maybe I think I'm not the best at what I do and the doubt creeps into my head, I say, hey, listen, I'm helping someone achieve this American dream of retiring and paying off your, being part of your parents' retirement plan. That's probably more what I have to stay focused on is in the challenging moments where I want to think, whew, but I'm the chosen one. And my managing partner, Dwan Black, always says to me, you're my managing director, Shannon. Every time I face a challenge, I pick up the phone, I call him and he's like, you are my managing director, Shannon. Like you were built for Sugarloaf. Like you're the one. And so I think part of it too is like having that person that reminds you, like, I have no doubt in you. Like I believed in you before you believed in yourself. And just keep going. 
it can be so challenging as a business owner if we focus on the wrong things. And what I mean by that is, yes, we have to track certain metrics and yes, we have to track activity and yes, we have to track revenue. There's all these numbers that we can track. And if we get so lost and focused on that part of our business and we forget the impact piece, I think that's when it becomes easier to say, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And when you connect right back to the relationships and the people and who you are serving and the impact you are making, at least for me, I find there's motivation in connecting back to that. And that motivation will help you keep going and keep putting one foot in front of the other and showing up and doing it another day. Uh, so it's it's really important as business owners to make sure you're evaluating both what I'll say the qualitative and the quantitative side of your business. Yeah. One of my coaches told me sometimes it's often selfish when you want to run. That's very you focused. And as soon as you can remember like generosity and gratitude, you often forget the you and the problem and you get really focused on how you can help others and all of the challenges start to melt away and don't seem as heavy or as big. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned a, a little bit about your support system. You you started talking a little bit about your managing partner. And I know a lot of the conversation that we had in our last episode centered around the importance of relationships and specifically relationships in your career journey. What does your support system look like today? I definitely say I'm very family oriented. So um my only sibling works in the same firm that I do and is now partnered with me officially. So not only is he mentoring in my district, but he's also a support system to me. Dwan Black, my managing partner, is definitely a big part of my support system. He's the one that really believed I could be a managing director before I could. And, and the person that helped me build the plan is you, Kristen. It's, you know, I remember you saying, let's start with the list of what's the best thing that can happen? And what's the worst thing that can happen? My favorite and, questions. Yeah. Um, my coach, Deb Blevins, who's the only woman in Northwestern Mutual to retire as a managing partner. So someone I really look up to, not just because, and really, I mean, it would be far down the list because she retired as a managing partner, but who she is as a wife, as a believer, who she is in her family. I really look up to Deb um, I'd say my study group, I'm looking to get into a new study group. And so really evaluating when we think of support systems, um, one thing I wanted to mention was uh, support systems can change over time. What do you really need? And I need more of a challenging support system. So I'm currently interviewing for a new study group that I'll find out here uh, in the next week if I got into. And it was quite an honor to even get to interview. But I think study group, and then I kind of be remiss, remiss not to mention that Part of my support system is a new relationship in my life, um, someone I've been seeing, and personally, a, a boyfriend in my life, which is a big, fun part of my support system, because I think about being a business owner and being a single woman in this business. You know, He works for a really big company, and so both of us have really big career aspirations, so the conversations at the dinner table sometimes can be really interesting, but really fulfilling and really thankful that I've been able to add that into my support system. I love how you mentioned support systems can change over time. Uh, and you shared with us, Shannon, how you're currently interviewing for a new study group. How did you know it was time for that support system to change? 
Yeah, I think support sometimes can get so diluted down in a group. It can be just, you know, like a book club you've been in and it just turns into a wine club or we started working out really hard and now we just kind of meet for breakfast. And so I think I, um, when I think about being a managing director, I want to be one of the best managing directors. So sometimes that is really scary thinking about being not the best managing director in the group. And so really seeking out a group that everyone in that group is light years ahead of you. I don't even think I should, I would have never even asked to interview for this group. But when I did, I even said, I'm going to do this no matter what the result is. I'm I'm going to shoot my shot. I mean, there's individuals in this group that are about to be appointed managing partners. So it's really scary to think about if I get into the group, oh gosh, what next, right? Like I feel like I'm going to have to crawl up a mountain to even prepare for my first report. But I I know um, a big part of me needs a lot of wind in my sails, but I'm at a point in my career where I need to really think about the impossible, think bigger. If I want to open a second district, if I want to become a partner, there's no secret. I'm not 27 anymore. I'm 42. Like we got to go. And so that was really how I decided I needed to look for a different opportunity in a study group. Shannon, I think that's powerful how you are looking at your different support systems and what they can provide for you. So first of all, you have the self-awareness that you need a lot of wind in your sails. And then you also have the awareness that you need some more challenge and big thinking. And one of the mistakes that we can make is expecting the same people to provide all of that same level of support. And so I'm a, I'm a big believer and you can go to different mentors or different coaches or different study groups and get different levels of support. However, you have to do the work to figure out what level of support you need. And I, it's work for sure, because it's not like I woke up one day and I was like, this is it. This was what I need. A lot of it is through like studying and reading books and asking others. And I mean, that's part of personal and professional growth. One of the things I was studying recently in the book, How Women Rise is enlisting allies in your life. And I think a lot of people have various different definitions of allies. But one thing that really resonated with me is a distinctive brand. And so how you can create your distinctive brand that helps you create your allies and really allies per definition to me is like, who is for Shannon? Like, and who brings Shannon joy when she's in the room and around them? So that can be your friends, your family, your peers, people that report to you, people that you aspire to be like. And um, one of the things I really took away was to create less isolation in leadership. These allies help you have more visibility. And I would have never, ever admitted that I enjoy visibility, but visibility for me was creating less isolation in a leadership role. And when you start a district and some days you're the only person walking in the front door, it's very isolating. And I would never say like, I need the glitz and the glamour. But when I learned the words greater visibility, I realized that that was connecting to me and that filled me up. And that was really important to me and helped me a lot. We are all wishing you luck on on this new study group. And I know you you kind of have a habit of showing up on this podcast and dropping little hints of these secrets that you're working on. And I remember in our last discussion, you actually shared a secret that were a couple of exciting things that were in the works professionally. Are you able to share what that secret actually was and did it come to fruition? 
Listen, I tell you, everyone should have the opportunity to record a podcast to go back and be able to listen to it because it is fun to hear your own voice talk about secrets that aren't public information because that's such a gift to myself. And so at that time, we had not gone public that we were going to open a district. I was going to become a managing director. And at that time, we weren't even calling it this, but it's now called a fully focus. So no longer in practice seeing clients, but really just focused on that. So that was really what I had in the works. And so the two-year anniversary of that will be this September, Labor Day weekend, September 1st is our anniversary. So sometimes we talk about it like it's a toddler. It's a two-year anniversary, which means we're going to have a banging two-year-old birthday party in our office and celebrate the heck out of it and probably pop some champagne for breakfast. Well, I think that sounds like a great way to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And I love that you are celebrating despite challenges. I think sometimes as a business owner, we want to skip recognizing the wins, skip celebrating because we're not where we want to be or we're not where we think we should be. Why is celebrating so important to you? Huh. Yeah. I, well, I've also learned that's one of my gifts is celebrations. It's actually one of our values in our district is we celebrate the wins no matter how big or how small. And um, I, I learned that I like to celebrate so much. I had to invest in these really cute Kate Spade earrings to where I could still have champagne and not consume the champagne in the office. Um, but I think celebration is so important because our jobs are so hard. Sometimes just doing the smallest task, we need to celebrate it. We don't need to wait till the end of the year because we may not make it. This career as a business owner is a marathon, but it's a series of sprints. And so I think if you can start celebrating winning the sprint every day in a gratitude journal, like what are you most thankful for today? And what are what are the things we can celebrate? Because I promise a lot of the challenges and a lot of the feelings of running dissipate when you can focus on that gratitude journal of like, well, what could I actually celebrate today? And if you discipline yourself and do this on a regular basis, you do start to become more aware of the wins and of the celebrations. And this is why one of the reasons the Friday ritual is so critical in my world, and that's a big component of the Friday ritual. It's what were my weekly wins and then what lessons did I learn and what are my priorities for next week? But having that practice of writing down your wins as a business owner builds confidence, builds momentum towards your goals, and it, it keeps you fired up even on those challenging days because we all have them. I mean, listen, I forgot what I ate for breakfast this morning. So if I can forget something that just happened, you know, several hours ago, I very easily can forget the good things that happened too. And we have to train our brains to not stay always focused on what didn't go well, it's like if I could write it down or have something I could reference back to, it's just so good for your soul and your mindset. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm glad that this podcast episode was really good for you to go back and listen to. And, uh, and now you're going to have another one that you can have in the vault and have to go back and listen to a few years from now and, and see where you're at. And speaking of a few years from now, you also courageously shared in our last episode that you want to make partner at your company one day. Is this still your vision? It very much is a part of my vision, uh, but I've also decided to be very clear that I'm not going to lose sight of the task at hand of being a great managing director, because I think so often it's like, oh, you're dating. 
Oh, when are you getting engaged? Mm. Oh, when's the wedding? When's the baby coming? That very much can also happen as a business owner. And so I want to make sure I'm actually one of the most appointable managing partners to create optionality because, you know, someone I really admire in Northwestern Mutual has two districts, Nikki Stokes. And so, you know, there's a lot of different paths to growth in the Northwestern Mutual. I just want to make sure my impact is in the right place at the right time and I'm incredibly relevant. And so if that's partner, yes, and I'm going to do everything it takes. I'm very clear that in early 2025, I want to apply for the Aspiring Managing Partners Program. And I'm very clear on what I want to do to be able to put on my application in early 2025 to make it a home run where for sure I get into the program, we can have an option to become a partner. But I'm also really, really excited about the district that we have now and potentially growing through opening a second district even before a partner. Tell us a little bit more about this vision of opening a second district. Where where did it come from and uh, why is it so exciting for you? You know, there's really two parts that take me back. Number one is I opened a district in 2007 from an operational perspective. And I remember thinking, hey, you know what? Northwestern Mutual could really use someone who could help launch districts. Well, never did I think I was going to be the person that launched districts. There's also a very second, uh, important second piece to that was I was in Kansas City with you and we were sitting um, in our hotel. The Kansas City Royals had just run the World Series and it was beautiful outside. We were drinking red, red wine and I remember us having this conversation around leadership and what was next. And there was partnership availability and we thought the future of the firm was going to be more partnership, leadership opportunities. And so that's really where it came from. And so I think sometimes it's fun to look back and think, man, that was foreshadowing to what could happen now. And I just think the makeup of these big metropolitan cities is there's opportunity. It doesn't have to all be stacked on top of each other. There's definitely parts of Atlanta that I have my eye on that I'd love to be spending time in. You know, once I feel like this district got up and running and when I say open a second district, it could be I lead both districts or could I pass this to a successor and have this in such a good place that my first district is ready for me to retire and let someone else come in and open a second district in a different part of metropolitan Atlanta. You mentioned, Shannon, one of the things that you're looking for in a new study group is a group that not only challenges you, but helps you think bigger. What are some of the things that you do on a regular basis to keep your mindset strong, to think big as a business owner? Because I think as you're talking about thinking differently with opening a second district, like this takes some work. Uh, what are the things that you're doing to grow your mindset? Yeah, one of the things I love is the quote, what got you here will keep you here. And so one of the challenges in being in a firm for 19 years is you can become very complacent with the way things have always worked in a firm. Mm. And so I think if you surround yourself and put yourself around people who say, well, why does it have to be that way? Could it be a different way? Do you know anyone else? And one of the great things my managing partner has always said, don't miss the assembly. So Dwan has always encouraged us to go to all the things, to network. And I think Another one of my gifts outside of celebration, I mean, the list is very short of my gifts, but I do have at least two, is relationships. And so 
I love to be a sponge, travel with my company, get to know other people. And just, I mean, I learned about Nikki Stokes because I called her and I had the courage to ask you for her phone number. I called her, then we became friends and I was in LA at a women's affinity summit and she wanted to go hike. And I was like, man, this hike's probably going to last a couple hours. I bet I could learn a lot from her and she could really expand my mind. Now, listen, this woman has five kids. So if anyone could tell you, no one could do it, like just spend 10 minutes with her and you'll think a lot differently. So I think you just have to surround yourself with people who think a lot bigger than you. And you may not get all the way to where they're at, but hey, if you got 40% up that grid, you're 40% higher than you could have taken yourself because naturally we just have these limiting beliefs and they may be subconscious beliefs. And sometimes you just have to have someone to help pull that out and take the devil off your shoulder and see what's possible. Yeah. I first of all want to say you have a heck of a lot more than two gifts. So I want that to be on record that there are far more than two gifts. And Shannon, I agree with you so much around the importance of spending time with great people. I know a lot of where I'm at today is thanks to our friendship and thanks to all those hotel room chats we've had. And I I treasure our visits and the time that we get to spend together. I truly walk out of that time a better person. I walk out a better business owner, a better mother, a better wife. And I, I think that's because you help me look at my life in different ways. And so if there are people listening who are thinking, I want those kind of relationships, do you have any advice on how someone can grow the courage to pick up the phone and call someone they admire? Like I, I, you do it so naturally. How does, how does someone do that? I mean, I think it probably looks natural, but it takes time. You know, the first time I met you, I flew across the country. You were pregnant with your daughter. That was, you know, nine years ago. And we didn't have like this instant connection. We weren't drinking wine. Well, obviously you were pregnant with a child, but (laughs) but it's not like it happens like that. Right. I think we look at it and everyone's like, Oh, Shannon and Kristen met on this fateful journey and they became best friends right away. I think you just got to ask your friends too, like, who should I be surrounding myself Mm. with? Who do you know? I mean, a lot of the people that I've met haven't been because I bumped into them or I sat next to them, but I just started being genuinely curious. I started looking at reports I started figuring out who knows who, who could introduce me to who. And I think as a woman, and I know this happens for men too, but as a woman, like everybody has a caring side of them and they had someone that came before them and kind of pulled them up. And I think most everyone's looking back to say, I still have someone pulling me up, but I'm looking for a hand down and I'm willing to help someone and I think it's fun in relationships. Most people think they're giving a hand up and a hand down. And so I think don't force it right. It'll happen naturally, but it's not going to be like a stork that delivers the baby at your front door. It's not just going to happen. And I think one of the biggest challenges, you know, coming out of 2020 and 2021 is we want everything to be virtual and we just want it to show up and relationships take time. I think we all know that, Uh, but just be a little bit proactive or, Pick someone's brain that's really good at it because I don't think I'm really good at it. That's just what people tell me. 
I love how you bring up being proactive. And that's so true with so many of our goals is that we can set the goals and then we have to do the work and be proactive to achieve those goals. And that same thing, it sounds like it's showing up with your development plan. It sounds like it shows up with your mindset. It sounds like it shows up with your vision, your relationships. So being able to truly believe that you have far more power and far more impact over what happens in your life, I think is a massive mindset shift that, that people need to make. For sure. It's all about mindset. Well, you've shared with us a, a big goal you've achieved since our last conversation has been opening a scratch district office. Have there been other big goals you've achieved since we chatted two years ago? Yeah. So a big goal I had for myself when I went to the first managing director conference, I was a rookie and thank goodness the Chadwicks took me under their wing, but everyone had these ribbons and I thought, what do they mean? So my goal after my first managing director conference was when I go to my second, I want to be a distribution builder. And so I did achieve that last year, which is really exciting. But once you achieve it once, you, you can never break the cycle. And so going for it this year. So that's a big goal that I achieved last year. It's harder as every year progresses to keep achieving that. So, but my eye is definitely on the prize. It's calendar year. So we're about halfway through and we have some pretty lofty goals here and actually think we'll move up the charts on the distribution builder. We want to three X what we did last year. So pretty bold and thinking when we originally built it, we were like, we're just going to go 20% up. And I said, let's, let's really put this in gear and let's go for three X. So everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I operate really well when people think I'm crazy and, and think I can't do it. That's actually the fuel that I need. Mm. So you're the kind of person who, if someone says you can't do it, you like to look at people and say, watch me, watch me. Watch me. Now we share that in common. I can definitely relate. So what are some of the strategies and best practices uh, you and the team are using to achieve these goals? Yeah, well, I think team is the first word that comes to mind, right? You can't do it without a team. And that's probably where I had to grow most because prior to becoming a managing director, you're such an individual producer and contributor. You don't rely on a team as much and it takes time to build out a team. And so I think, you know, communication, delegation, and trust are the biggest strategies, which I know those are really big words that you have to flesh out and work through, but I have a really good partner in my development coordinator. I have an amazing lead mentor in Rich here. I have an amazing leader and my managing partner. And so I think that team is really, really important to help you. My distribution growth officer, one of her greatest gifts and her list is really long. Randy Michelson is always saying, not you, Shannon, but someone else on your team can do it. And so she can help me take those pieces away to where it frees me up to do the work that only I can do. That's probably what I would say has been our biggest strategy. And it's the hardest transition for me, honestly, because I can do it and I'll just work myself to the end of the day. But what I've learned in this leadership role is it's not the same as it used to be, right? It's not who gets to the office the earliest and who stays the latest, but it's about creating this team and leverage and empowering others because that's essentially how I got to do what I got to do. Right. 
I think that those three words you shared, communication, delegation, and trust, I think those are three powerful words. And I know through my coaching conversations, those are three areas that a lot of leaders and business owners truly struggle with. And Shannon, you were starting to share an idea around delegation as you're learning to free up your time to do the work that only you can do. How do you figure out what work it is that only you can do? Yeah. Gosh, that's so great. That's probably what Randy just tells me is that's not something you can do, but really love, I'm, I'm not an organized person. I'm not a high detail person. So typically if it has anything to do with that, we're going to move it and delegate it to someone else. A lot of it is, you know, like trusting is hard, but not trusting is really risky. So learning that trust and delegation go hand in hand. And typically if I'm not delegating it, it's probably to be honest, it's probably because I don't have the trust that the person can do it as good as I can do it. But that's not what delegation is. It's they can only learn to be good or actually they may be way better at it than you ever were, but you have to be able to delegate it and learn that you can delegate things and you can get them back. Like they're not a forever type thing. Yeah. I remember struggling with this when my team members were new to my team. And I of course had the thought, well, no one's going to do it as well as I can. And yeah, no one's truly you. And if someone can do it to 80% of what you can do, wow, that is a huge win. And Shannon, I learned exactly what you said. I learned, oh, I finally delegated that task and my team member actually did it far better than right. I did. One, because she had more time to focus on that task than I did. And two, she actually had the education and the skill set to focus on that task. And so I, I think it becomes really addicting to delegate once you've done it and you've seen some positive momentum. You're like, ooh, okay, what else? What else? What else can I, can I get off my plate? Who else can handle this for me? Right. And not be afraid of getting too much off your plate because the more you get off your plate, the more free time you have. And as a business owner, you have to carve out time to think. And so when you go from an individual producer to a business owner, you have to carve out that time and you've got to protect it. And if you don't delegate it, you will never find the time. I literally had that conversation with a client who's in a high-level leadership role earlier today around the importance of that think time. And we were actually talking about scheduling that think time with her executor on her team. So I know some people do really well with think time. They think out loud. I'm an out loud processor. And having someone who can then take that idea and execute it can really make, make a massive impact in your delegation. Yeah. For sure. And I think that's all part of like building your relationship and growing personally and professionally and learning how people like to be delegated to and communicated with. And we built this, I mean, my development coordinator is way more gifted at this than me. So she built this online platform where I can drop anything. She can put the notes back into me. We're not getting notifications outside of work hours. There's incredible systems out there where you can do it. And I always just took it on myself. How am I going to let her know and when I let her let me know how she wanted to be communicated with, things just started moving a lot faster. Yeah, and that's such a big one for us leaders. I, I've learned the hard way a few times where I think I've done a good job communicating and then I realize I have missed some very key parts. And so it's, it's a learning process. It's a growing process as you're working with team members for sure. Yeah, I've learned the hard way that communication is two ways. Right. So if she doesn't receive it in the way that I 
was trying to communicate it. I failed as the communicator and failure just is learning for how can we do this better next time. Absolutely. Another mindset shift around Mm -hmm. failure there. Well, Shannon, you shared with us one big goal is to 3X what you did last year as a distribution builder. What are some other business goals you're currently focused on pursuing? Yeah, so um, I'm also really involved in our college program. So I'm still connecting all of our offices together. And so we want to break into the top 30. We were the number 72 office, just broke into the top 40 this year. So we're climbing the charts. College program has always been um, a love of mine, which is actually how the two of us met. And so college program is a big deal. Women in our firm is a really big deal. So no matter what office they're going to, I want to be part of attracting them, developing them. I lead all of the town halls, the women's business development, uh, which is so fun. So I'm really passionate about helping more people um, look at this career, not just because they're a woman, but what we know is they probably wouldn't have thought about a career in financial services if they didn't have a background in it. And so I'm just really passionate about staying connected in the women's market. So leading that committee um, of women in our firm that are helping that effort, I'm really, really excited about. So I'd say between growing my district, 3Xing, the college program, and the women's market, those are really my top three priorities in that order. If someone wants to connect with you and learn more about joining your firm or learn more about you as a leader, what are some of the best ways for someone to connect with you? Yeah, so probably the best way is through my Instagram, Wiley Shannon, W-I-L-E-Y. You'll probably get a a good combination of seeing what my personal and professional life look like blended on there. I'm a pretty open book. Message me there, follow me there. I'd love to connect and talk more. Even if you're not in my local market, I'm happy to have conversations. I spend a lot of time in the car. So typically reserve all that time for if anyone wants to talk at 630 in the morning, Eastern time, I'm always up for that. No one ever takes me up on that. Everyone wants to talk on the way home, but you get the best of me in the morning before I'm really caffeinated or kind of worn out from the day. So that's probably a couple of the best ways to connect. Well, Shannon, I really appreciate you saying yes to coming back on to the podcast and sharing with us an update of how you've grown personally and professionally, the goals you've achieved, and the vision that you have for yourself and your future. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. With that, Goal Achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, noting your lessons learned, and identify your priorities for next week so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Hey, Goal Achiever, congrats on investing time in your growth and finishing another episode. If you are left craving more goal achieving and business growing wisdom, visit my website, kristenburke.com and check out the resources page. Here you will find my popular breakout plan, which has helped hundreds plan, prioritize, and progress towards their goals, vision prompts to help you draft your vision, and a mid-year check-in to help you reconnect and reignite your passion for your goals. Together, let's close the gap between the goals you set and the goals you achieve.